0: in the making. An incredible adventure and spectacular widescreen animation opens at theaters everywhere Friday, August 8th. Transformers! Transformers the movie. Transformers! It's a startlingly original story that begins in the year 2005. it's Unicron! A monster planet destroys everything in its path, while on Earth, Optimus Prime and Megatron battle to the death. It's over, Prime. A story that will surprise and shock even the most die-hard Transformer fans. Starring Leonard Nimoy and Judd Nelson. With songs by Weird Al Yankovic and Stan Bush. Escape into fantasy this summer. Into the incredible rock and roll adventure. Transformers, the movie. Don't miss it. It's rated PG and opens at theaters everywhere August 8th.
1: Uh, Welcome back to the CybeFest Northwest 2020 live community stream. So this hour is going to go by very, very quickly. Uh, joining us uh, from right here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, he is one of the artists uh, for IDW's Transformers Number 21. That issue is on the stands now. Go out and buy it if you have not. Uh, we'll actually be doing a uh, artist spotlight panel tomorrow at three o'clock with the other. Uh, artist from here in the Pacific Northwest, uh, Billy Montfer. But for now, uh, give it up to Blackie Shepherd. How uh, how you doing, my friend?
2: I'm doing well, man. How are you?
1: I'm I'm doing okay. It's a it's been an exciting day out on the uh, out on the live streams here for Sidefest. Um, so let's uh let's spin the globe a little bit, and we're gonna travel to the Ozarks, and I'm gonna introduce uh, two thirds of an entire. Podcast dedicated to Transformers: The Movie. So, um, let's see. We've got we've got Ryan snazzy as ever, and we have Aaron living that outdoor living lifestyle. How uh, how you fellas doing?
3: I know Aaron's showing off his, his fancy porch, and uh, I am in my dank basement. So you got some nice posters, though. I did. I brought that down uh, for the occasion.
1: <laughs> Wonderful. Well, let's uh, let's spin the globe even further all the way back around. You might even say upside down and backwards, uh, but from the land down under, uh, the host of the Unfunny Nerd Tangent and the co-creator and co-writer of the Transformers reanimated fan fiction project uh, with his uh, partner, Yoshi. Uh, give it up for Greg. How uh, how you doing, my buddy?
4: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, very interested to see uh, what else we can talk about with this yeah, classic movie that obviously impacted us so yeah, long ago? Well,
1: <laughs> well and I, and I do think that it's it's telling um, our our makeup again that you know we're we're all white guys over the age of forty, but there, there's something about a place and time that makes Transformers the movie unique in that, like it is, it is incredibly eighties from the the music to the celebrity voice casting, to the animation styles. It is, it is a thing that I believe can only exist in 1986. You know, I, I, I forget where I read it, but like most films, when you watch them, you can peg within a year or three about when it was released, you know, just like certain tropes, looks, stylistic choices, um, and and yeah i think uh, transformers the movie definitely fits into that and it really i feel like
5: oh sorry my i feel yeah. like to build on that i think the music does that so much i think like i w- have often wondered if you were to put uh, an indie rock soundtrack or maybe a, a banging bangin hip hop soundtrack behind it would it would it still work okay. or seem as 80s cuz the 80s the music really to me is what sets i think the, the music timing for is it
2: more than anything the thing that ties it super to the 80s i've watched it three times over the last couple of days i watched uh just watched it straight through watched it with both of the commentaries on the disc that i have just to kind of you know flood myself with it because i hadn't seen it in years and years and uh each time in all three times that i watched it i remember more than once going oh god that song sucks man it's just the music is as 1986 as you can get and it was cheesy for
5: 1986
2: so oh yeah yeah
1: Yeah, i I mean that's that so let's uh so before before we uh drift too far uh too far afield i'd like to go around the room i i've told this story in several different places but since somebody's show is somebody's first show um as stanley once uh uh, famously mentioned about comic books um i I would like to go around and talk about our first exposures to transformers the movie because even though we're all in the same age group i know that we have very different experiences first encountering the movie so um, i'll ask you guys individually but i um to start off with me and, and, and it speaks to why this movie is still more important to me than anything. It is my favorite movie. My, uh, uh, my love of Transformers the movie kind of transcends my Transformers fandom or really my, my love of the movie informs my, my Transformers fandom. So um, I, uh, I saw the movie when I was seven years old and i remember this very vividly my uh, it was the first movie i went to go see by myself in the theater my mom dropped me off uh presumably to go do something incredibly wholesome while i was watching a 90-minute cartoon movie but i I just remember it being very empowering and that like you know i had my own money i for my own ticket i went in i went to the uh the bay theater in Ballard. Uh, you know, it was very nautical theme at the time, a lot of porthole windows and fish nets, a lot of brass. And I just remember I, I had uh, my own money, enough to buy a Dr. Pepper and some red vines. And I went to go sit down and watch what I thought was just an episode of the TV show. I was a huge fan of the Transformers and the show, but um, I wasn't prepared for what would happen not not story-wise we'll we'll talk about that but the 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 scope and the scale of it and I think this really crystallized with me when I recently spoke to uh Flint Dilly uh about his, he writes about this in his book uh The Games Master uh check it out if you haven't yet but he um he was really enamored with John Wayne's The Alamo and it really kind of uh, informed his taste in movies and left an impression. Likewise, somebody like George Lucas was really taken aback by uh, Saturday morning serials, you know, uh, Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers and things like that. And the thing that I, I just recently realized is that that's what Transformers the movie was for me and that I I hadn't seen anything like it before and it just left such a searing impression on me that it's a movie that i keep coming back to all the time and even as i've gotten older like i've made new friendships uh just based upon this movie uh like with with all of you guys for example um so for for me it's it's the gift that keeps on giving and it's the uh, touchstone that i will always come back to in one capacity or the other but that's 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 really just kind of like my uh, uh lightning strike moment with transformers the movie um uh let's uh let's keep it in the pacific northwest because i i'm sure uh, i'm sure black you've you've heard of the bay theater in in ballad right oh yeah i've been many times yeah, man. Uh, but uh, so we, I, I think you're the the elder statesman of us. You're a couple years older than uh, than the rest of us. Um, talk about your first exposure and experience with Transformers the movie.
2: It came out my freshman year. Um, I was still really into the toys then, uh, although I had stopped buying as many um, just because I was broke all the time. I had recently discovered girls and guitars and surfing. Yeah. Uh, and so my money was, you know, busy elsewhere. Um, and I hated it. And I still do. I still hate it. I think it's a terrible movie uh, for a couple of reasons. I, it's sure. not entertaining parts. I really like the fact that very little of it takes place on Earth. Um, I like the, the, the feel of it as far as, you know, being a, a, an expansive story. Uh, But the reason I dislike it has less to do about the movie or less to do with the movie and more to do with what I was old enough to realize at the time was a crass marketing toy. Right. Like I. So leading up to it, I had seen uh, the, the new toys coming out. And I just remember thinking these are the lamest looking toys, man. Like they 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 looked plasticky and bulky and big and weird. Whereas the previous generation of toys were really sleek and rad looking and new still, you know, the generation one toys, you know? And so then, you know, in the first, whatever, 15, 20 minutes, you know, all the previous generation of uh, of (laughs) gets killed off it immediately in my brain. I was like, Oh, that's why I can't find any of them in the stores anymore because they're replacing them with all these nonsense ones, you know? Um, The, uh, and then the fact that, you know, by that time I was super into metal and, you know, like if it wasn't Slayer, I didn't have time for it. Um, And so the, the music really turned me off, you know, and then the humor, which it was, it's kind of like the Phantom Menace in so far as it's got this humor that is very, very childish in it. But then the rest of the movie has a lot of killing and violence you know what i mean and so it's it kind of doesn't have a very even tone you know uh and that just that congregation of things led me you know when i walked out i was like oh man i'm never watching the transformers (laughs) again but then i liked the tv show after the movie like i it got better for me you know what i mean uh yeah so you know because mainly it didn't have the music it didn't have the the you know uh, bad humor you know it was a little mm-hmm. bit more straightforward and streamlined um, but yeah it I don't think it has improved in my eyes uh, much since uh, since I first saw it.
1: Well, and you mentioned the the uh, sci-fi aspects of what would come in season three, and I think that's a really good way uh, to kick things over to um, Aaron and Ryan. Uh, why don't you guys talk about your first experiences uh, watching Transformers the movie?
5: Aaron, you wanna go ahead? Sure, I, I think Ryan is probably in a similar boat as I was in that I did not get the opportunity to see it in the theater. Um, it kind of just came and went, and it came and went too fast. I was a huge Transformers fan, but just wasn't able to convince my uh, parents to get me <laughs> to the theater in time, and so missed it, missed that opportunity. But then uh, the season three came around, and <laughs> all these weirdo characters were <laughs> on the screen that I'd never seen before. You'd occasionally get a glimpse of somebody that made sense. Jazz for a second, although they call him a totally different name, or... Uh, you might see a bumblebee or a Grimlock, and so it was weird, but it was still Transformers. But it was, you know, it was kind of a psychedelic space opera type situation. And so I knew that some big stuff probably happened <laughs> in, in that movie. And you know, we had the opportunity to. I, I definitely saw Dark Awakening and and well, Five Faces before that. So there were plenty of references to. Galvatron used to be Megatron and you know with Dark Awakening you see zombie Optimus Prime and so right. uh, so you, I knew something big had happened obviously Optimus Prime had died and I don't know how <laughs> Megatron became this new guy but I was really curious to do it and finally did get the opportunity to see it I believe if I have the story correct at Ryan's house maybe a year later when it finally came out on home video does that sound about yeah. right Jet?
3: Yeah, I think um, my mother, well, at the time my mother worked in the video store and um, I didn't I didn't even, I don't even remember, we were eight years old at the time and I don't remember it even coming out in theaters or even knowing it was gonna be in theaters. So the first exposure I got to it and was uh, renting it and from the video store. I saw it on the shelf because I used to go to whenever my mom was working all the time. And um, I, like Aaron, I had already been watching season three and was like, well, I guess these are just new guys. I don't know what's happening. And then watched the movie, uh, yeah, on VHS whenever we brought it home. And um, it really honestly, uh, I, I get all the criticism from like, if you saw it when you were older, totally. I totally get it. There's a lot of the, like the corny humor that irritates me, especially the way the Dinobots are treated. But.
2: That's
3: um, what kills me is the way they treat the Dinobots, man. It's just like, whee, I love the Dinobots. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I love the Dinobots too. But, like, yeah, so I get it. And it it's hard for me to divorce my feelings of this. It's such a formative time that I saw it. So it's difficult, you know, for me to, like, divorce myself from that. But um, sure. I watch it now, and I, I still, like like Mike, I, I, I really love it. And um, But, yeah, it was – it was just for me it was kind of like i couldn't express it at the time but it made like the universe so much bigger uh of the transformers because it, it brought on this whole mythos of like now there's a matrix that's passed down from leader to leader they're planet hopping nowadays like which that means, was all
2: new to the anime to, to the film
3: right the the matrix of leadership yeah. oh that yeah premiere in that movie right. right yep yep basically it took season well, like besides the, the so comics yeah to, of season two, going from everything is episodic on Earth, where it's like, you know, basically it was a grab the energy episode every episode, and then it went on. It just, it, it really just exploded it into a whole universe of well, now anything's up for grabs.
5: Yeah, that, yeah. that all came from the movie. And as far as I'll go ahead and speak for Ryan and as far as uh, what it, what what with him being right there
3: and all. Yeah.
5: (laughs) Yeah. I think for both of us, I mean, we were artsy kids. We both drew and it was obvious. So it was nice to finally see the movie and tie together those loose ends and learn what happened to Optimus prime and Unicron to up until then was just this weird floating head in the sky. Um, to understand what all that meant and how it tied together, but then just the art was obviously such a step above the series and just, the, the action scenes, the way, even little things like explosions. And to this yeah. day, I will look at the way explosions are done in animation or laser effects. And the, the bar is set at Transformers the movie and whether that art is as good as that. Um, which is hard to be because it was so creative. And something that stuck with me from um, talking to some of the creators of the movie is that in a lot of these, it is an art film. And at, we kind of compared it to heavy metal at one point, but it actually delivers on the promise of heavy metal in a million times better than heavy metal possibly, possibly could. in terms, Like the quality of the music is better. The quality of the animation is better. But uh, I don't know, Mr. Shepard. Mr. Shepard. I was going to say, you might have a different take on that. (laughs) Okay, hey, guys, got (laughs) to (laughs) go. I'll
1: see you Sunday for our our artist spotlight panel at 3 o'clock.
5: Weird Weird Al didn't have a guest spot in heavy metal, unfortunately.
1: (laughs) Go buy Transformers number 21.
2: And the Transformers.
1: Yeah, true, and and I do want to talk about the the music in a few because that that is a a, a key component to the legacy of the Transformers the movie. Uh, but uh, silent Greg, I got I, I got to hear from you. So being in Australia, I don't mm-hmm. know anything about when the movie was released or when the cartoon came out or really any of your memories or exposure. Um. So uh, so when did you first see the movie?
4: I saw it in like late 86. So basically I know that the school years are run a little bit differently from here and over there. Like uh, like our school, our sort of the holidays or the vacation between uh, grades or, you know, um, is basically sort of over Christmas. So you would break up, um, you know, I would finish year three um, and then you have like six weeks Break and then you come back in January and you go back to year four. So over that break, uh, I saw Transformers um, okay. because so we all sort of went. So we got it in '86, but later because nowadays it's different. Movies will come out sometimes. You, even, yeah. Like we get the we get the Marvel movie sometimes like a week before you guys and things like that now because of the. Did you did you stuff. have
2: anything spoiled for you before you saw the movie no. or did you go in clean?
4: No, I went in clean. I'd only seen. Um, like seasons one and two of the cartoon, so I didn't know anything about, oh, I had seen some of the new toys so I knew um, some of the characters and things like that so, um, like I knew oh, we're going to see Ultra Magnus and we're going to see Galvatron and things like that so moments where it was like, you know, behold Galvatron, I'm like, oh, okay it's Megatron, you know like it wasn't like, he's this new guy, because even then I thought like when you saw the toys, he just looks like a bigger, beefier version of Megatron, and it's like, well, that's because he is. <laughs> yeah. like, go but see the, the movie, you know. Front,
2: the toy didn't indicate that he was no. previously Megatron. It just said like uh Commander of the
4: Decepticons or something. He like was City, City, City Commander. commander. City commander. Yeah. Oh, and even okay. in the pamphlets you used to get with the toys, it had uh like the new the new Autobot cars, and one was Hot Rod, Carp, and Blur. But then further down in the pamphlet there was um autobot protector rodimus prime and i'm like rodimus prime How, he looks like i don't know who this guy is but it, there's hot rod as well they look the same uh, and then of course again spoilers
2: and didn't they call hot rod yeah. the autobot cavalier
4: cavalier yeah yeah
1: yeah,
2: yeah.
4: yeah. so oh, but so even like, then ooh. even then as a kid i didn't sort of put it together because mm-hmm. you know seven years old <laughs> like
5: what's who, this <laughs> uh but oh and plus when, you had ultra magnus in the t- same toy books and he's
4: called city commander yeah as well that's right. right yeah yeah so and and even just little things in the movie like made sense it's like oh so is he is he now been given the matrix because he's a truck as well you know like we're only trucks like no cars no jets nothing like that so <laughs> um but i saw the movie and we actually got the in the theaters anyway which i would i didn't know at the time but as you know fandom's gone on we actually got the uk version so we got the star wars scroll uh at the at the start of the movie that says like you know the wars you know taking them from cybertron to earth and back again and all this kind of stuff and then so we didn't get spike's little um line as well you know oh. which i won't say but uh and then we also got the voiceover though at the end saying, like, you know, the war is over, blah, blah, blah. But even the best, whatever it is, even the best of them all, Optimus Prime, will return. Yeah. And so every all the kids were like, yeah, oh, all right, we'll see that. what happens. So, that
2: must have been tacked on after the initial release, I'm guessing, I think it because was. people PLS. were
4: confused yeah.
2: at the beginning. They're like, what's going on? And then also yeah. at the end, you know, children were shattered. because I of think them. so. Yeah. And
4: being, like I said, in the, in the 80s, where quite often we would get a movie 6 to 12 months or something after, america they probably had the time to do that and being australia's connection with you know britain and stuff like that obviously the commonwealth they probably just we just probably got the commonwealth version as opposed to yeah um the specific uk one so it was only until um the dvd came out Mm -hmm. whatever that was that i actually got to see the um um the the non you know the different version where it just starts and there's no back and forth and the credits at the start with um you know eric idol and, yeah. and all this you know i don't yeah. remember Tom maybe that was eric Idle. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't remember seeing that in the yeah. theater but it, that may have been there but i know we, we definitely got the voiceover at the end because everyone was like oh prime's going to come back okay well, wow. So <laughs> that's it that's wasn't cute. you didn't leave as devastated as you were during because you thought oh well he must be like it, it, obviously the star wars um like the movie heavily plays on star wars with yeah. my friends and i were thinking like oh he'll be like obi-wan like right. he'll be like a ghost and talking to rodimus and be like no you need to do this now and that kind of thing um that's how he'll return because you heard him when when hot rod opens the matrix So we're yeah, like, he well, says okay.
2: or whatever yeah yeah
4: yeah so we're like well he's he's around he's sort of you know like obi-wan so but then it was like oh no he's actually coming back <laughs> yeah. we just haven't figured it out yet stop locking yourself in the bathroom you know things like that so.
5: yeah like rodimus is going to listen to anybody <laughs> yeah. i see an alternate universe where the movie was uh redubbed for the australian market and maybe you've got mel gibson as Hot rod <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> throw some nicole kidman as rc i don't know if that's necessary uh, mel hey, gibson's the- one of
4: yours he's one of yours <laughs> you're, you're given him
5: here. up uh, but- by the way, if are you if you guys hear cicadas going crazy in the background, let me know. I'll I'll move inside or something. They're lighting up.
4: <laughs> I can hear them a little bit, but it's cool. It works. <laughs> All
5: right. So so with that,
1: uh, let let's and and we saw this in the chat as well. But I think the one of the primary components that makes Transformers the movie so memorable as opposed to, say, My Little Pony the movie or, or even to an extent G.I. Joe the movie. Um, and there's a whole shared history that we can't litigate here in the time we have. But um, I, let's talk about how the the violence was portrayed and basically you know uh, the the trauma from seeing all of our toys get get uh <laughs> getting wiped out um was that something that um you know a- affected you guys or um uh, d- does it help with making the the movie more lasting like for example and this may be unpopular but i don't even as- especially like G.I. Joe the movie. Um, and, and I don't think it has the same staying power and legacy that Transformers the movie does because good, bad, or indifferent, these bold choices were made. And uh, I, I thought we would uh, uh, talk. Let's start with uh, Blackie Shepard. We haven't heard from you for a while.
2: Uh, well, you broke up at the end of your last sentence. So what was the specific question?
1: Uh, w- how affected were you by the character deaths?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, well, it, so it took me by surprise. I didn't expect it to happen. I was a little bit disappointed in so far as you know they show all these characters die like super quick and I'm thinking cool man this movie is gonna like be serious they're gonna take some some stuff serious and so then when I saw that the Dinobots were gonna fight uh, Devastator I was like all right let's see this happen and then it was the silliest fight you know what I mean it's like oh really slag is all they need you know
0: to
4: to beat I thought that. I, uh, I thought they were going to die then. Yeah, you know, I remember yeah, thinking, like, you know, they can't kill to, the Donovats. Like no way. Cause I wanted you to see the, some, die, the so, real
0: yeah.
2: stakes and it, you yeah. know, the, the rest for aside from that first 15 minutes and then a handful of deaths, you know, strewn through the movie, the rest of it is pretty, you know, mild. And the, the fighting is, is kind of hand to hand and, you know, not, not super, you know, stakes based, you know, sure. Um, I, I I enjoyed it. The the thing that I liked the most about the movie, you know, was less um the the violence and the 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 fighting. Just like I said, it was only that first kind of chunk of the film that that happened. What yeah. I really liked and I was hoping for more of a payoff on was the fact that Unicron transforms Megatron against his will almost into Galvatron and that I wanted Gal Galpatron to be like way better than he was you know what i mean like a real threat you know yeah ultimately galpatron was kind of just like megatron but with a facelift you know what i mean um in the cartoon later they kind of expanded on it and they made him kind of going crazy and you know the whole deal um but i i but i really liked the idea that unicron was so powerful that he could reformat um megatron into galvatron and then create uh scourge and the sweeps and the whole deal that to me seemed like really tough you know what i mean like i really wanted to see like a different type of bad guy with galvatron and the sweeps and you know but you know hey wish in one hand you know
4: galvatron did finally get rid of starscream though so that's true like he was like, I've had enough.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, and, <laughs> and, that, and
4: that was and that, and that was that almost minded. like a
1: mission statement, like from jump. It's like his first act is to do the one thing that Megatron never did. Yep. And right. I, I thought I thought and, and that, that's one of the things that I, I really enjoy about the movie also is that it pays off so much from those previous two seasons. Even though production of the movie started shortly after season one, it seems like all of that dynamic between Megatron and Starscream—that it, it all pays off. And I, I just, I, I really like that aspect about it. That, like, you know, they—they're saying right away we're going a different direction. Enough. Well, and they did,
2: They did give Galvatron. Uh, that that he comes on. He comes in hot. You know, by killing Starscream. Uh, and then they did give him a personality that was much more uh, nihilistic and and no nonsense than Megatron like more than once he was like oh you screwed up you're dead you know what I mean yeah, a psychopath. Yeah. what a complaint yeah. you know he, yeah.
5: he was less silly as a leader although he probably a little bit more silly as a
4: personality just with <laughs> the mania
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair later. relate
2: yeah. yeah
4: I do like the 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 way that they got rid of Star starscream as well being it's not a fight it's just you know here's a hint dead <laughs> yeah it. yeah so and, a cool and, too.
0: Here's yeah
4: hint. <laughs> and and what to to piggyback on what you were saying mike like um i feel there's several moments in the movie where you're like it's it's actually happening like all the stuff that was teased you know is actually happening like starscream has finally done it like he's he's got it he's taken over like he's actually finally usurped him like properly this time and then oh finally he's had a megatron or galvatron he's had enough like no see you later it's it's done so um things like that but yeah. yeah
5: i never thought about it but i wonder if the way he killed starscream was also meant to imply the the new power he had because you never saw anybody turn somebody to ash and so um and I don't know whether that's because they had little switches that could turn up the strength of their fusion cannons or whatever. <laughs> he just added up to 11 for that one. But uh, but obviously it gives you a sense that not only is he ruthless, but he's powerful and dear.
4: he's not to be messed with. And he's brand new. In that moment, he's brand new. He's never fired anything before. So I guess that's the initial, like, is that, his, like, is that him at his most powerful because he's literally hasn't spent any, like, energy i guess you know so, so like he's a new
1: mutant that, that, that hasn't, hasn't discovered his powers yet that kind of thing yeah yeah you get the
2: feeling that he shoots that blast off and then mentally in the back of his head he's like all right dial it back dude
4: yeah. Right. yeah yeah and i always had the i always had it's probably just my own head cannon but i always had the feeling that like megatron or galvatron with the fusion cannon they can shoot you with that but if they transform into the gun or the cannon it's more powerful so that's why right. i do it so it's like i could just shoot you with my gun um no I'm going to blow you to bits I'll transform and shoot you you know like well
2: it was in his gun form in the first part of the movie that Starscream is using Megatron as the gun and that's the shot that kills you
4: know exactly that, that's the what American. they're like oh Braun goes out with one shot it's like yeah but one shot from the gun not one shot right. from the cannon yeah so right. it's all nonsense but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Canon when you're 11 or 9 or 10, going like, how does it work? Uh, makes perfect Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it, I'm makes, just it makes sense when you think about it. I'm just picturing
5: Galvatron reading some kind of self-help or like Zig Ziglar book on making first impressions on the trip from Unicron to meet the Decepticons for the first time. He's like, I got to do this right. Don't screw this up. Don't screw this up.
4: Yeah. it's the <laughs> it's the absolute opposite of Spock as well which is cool
2: how to win friends and incinerate people chapter one go heavy and go hard you know
4: yes leave (laughs) hints yeah chapter two here's a hint yeah
1: (laughs) i i love it well uh, well two directions i want to go with that because we we mentioned leonard nimoy and that kind of brings us to the the celebrity voice casting which for my recollection, that's the first movie that I can think of, animated movie, feature film, style that that advertised as part of its marketing. I mean, it's even in the opening credits. Sorry, Greg, uh, but it was it was in the commercials. It's like starring Judd Nelson and Leonard Nimoy, and and uh, I I I think that was. Um, I mean, I mean, it's common practice now, but. Prior to Transformers the movie, I don't recall anything like that. What uh, what's your guys's take on uh, the voice cast and um, and the use of uh, celebrities for that? Let's uh, uh, let's start with Aaron.
5: Uh, you know, at the time, of course, uh, I didn't really know who most of those actors were, so uh, it's just something that you had to kind of appreciate in in retrospect. Uh, I think I maybe knew who Robert Stack was because my grandma watched Unsolved Mysteries. And well, this so was, it was pre-Unsolved on Mysteries, Was though. it? Okay, yeah. well, yeah. maybe I didn't then. All Be- right.
1: Because Robert Stack talks extensively about how this voice acting role kind of gave him the confidence to do right. that kind of he was very reluctant to do it mm-hmm. and um and yeah it's it's i mean it's just weird the the reverberations from that but i'm sorry i interrupted
5: you oh you're fine no i i think in general you know is it necessary to bring in uh big time big hotshot hollywood actors to do these uh voice acting roles possibly not it's probably an ex- that's not necessary Necessary. I understand how it probably helps the marketing of these movies but as far as the work that was done on this movie I think it's all fine and great and I probably wouldn't have it any other way I mean even Judd Nelson who probably his mind was blown at the thought of even doing a voice acting job did yeah. a very convincing job in the in the moments when he needed to be emotional and and things like that I think I think he did a great job I think I think everybody did
4: a great job if you think of hot rod as breakfast club like it's yeah yeah, the the young hotshot rebel won't do what he's told well get judd nelson yeah well Well, and and the stories
3: oh sorry i was just gonna say that's kind of the thing about transformers the series and the movie that nobody ever says anything bad about the voice acting the voice acting is always on point it's always good and a lot of it has to do with wally burr like being the the you know his work with all the actors but uh the voice acting on both the series and even like bringing in celebrities who like you said Mike Robert Stack who was nervous and hadn't done uh voice acting before I think they got an amazing performance out of him.
5: You could tell they all cared for sure Uh, and and I think the rumors about Robert Stack actually being self-conscious about being in the recording studio with all these other great renowned voice actors and wanting to do a good job and and really working hard to get there. I think that I mean it speaks to the quality of the film and the and the performances.
1: Um, so from there, let's uh, let's talk about the new characters because I mean we talked about folks, our our favorite toys being crossed off or discontinued, so that we can go buy new toys. So you've got you've got Hot Rod, you've got Springer, you got RC, you got Blur, you got Cup, um, you've got all of those folks. Um, and it's interesting because even though Transformers the movie is my favorite movie and it's the centerpiece of G one and I love it, I I don't have a ton of nostalgia for the uh, uh for the movie characters like uh, as far as like as far as like season three goes. But what I have found, and this is kind of like one of the, these weird personal legacy things, is that when I was younger, I didn't necessarily relate with the, the new characters. But as I got older, like, you know, uh, eventually everyone finds themselves in middle management at some point. And there was a, there was a time in my life where I very much related with ultra Magnus, you know, like, uh, I can't deal with this now, or the insecurity of being thrust into a leadership role. Um, likewise, with uh, Hot Rod Rodimus, you know, it's like you know, you you think you think you've got the world in the palm of your hand, and then you find yourself thrust into a situation that you might not be ready for, but that also you still rise to the occasion because, I mean, you know, removing uh, season three from the conversation um, when he emerges as Rodimus Prime. Um, and I know Ryan you and I kind of disagree with this a little bit but when he says you know autobots transform and rolled out and ter- turns into that Winnebago um, you buy it in that like you know he's he's at least doing his level best to assert himself into that role and I gotta share an embarrassing story before I, before I turn it uh, over to you guys I was uh, I, I was watching that Avengers Endgame, and there's there's a pivotal moment. Where a certain leader character has, uh, you know, um,
3: you know. Do it,
2: you really it. have to dance around spoilers for a movie that's been out? No, over
1: here? no. I'm
2: trying to be. Cute. Go ahead and, go ahead and sell it, man. Sell it. Yeah. yeah. So
5: anyway, a few so, people have seen it. Yeah. yeah I, I understand. I. I, I, I don't know what you're be, talking about.
2: <laughs> Avengers
1: is that so? A story? So anyway, so so when Captain America gets Mignolier and he's got the shield and he does like right before the Avengers assemble, I kid you guys not. I thought about the Rodimus Prime moment because if you even look at the at the composition of the shot side by side, it's kind of similar, and I'm kind of embarrassed that I made that relate. And that's uh, that, that was, so I feel like it's kind of some of that uh, that similar energy. Um, but um, but Greg, let's uh, uh let us get some of your impressions. What uh what do you think of the new character?
4: Uh, I'm probably the one person oh. that was on board with Hot Rod. And all right. not necessarily like the Rodimus Prime thing it didn't pay off as well as it should have but as far as the movie goes and Hot Rod being the hero and all this and finally he rises up at the end and all that I was the one at school being like he was only trying to help Prime like <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> his fault he he's just trying to help him like it's don't worry about it you know he did everything else right he helped everyone else you know you're um, a hot rod apologist yes <laughs> you know he took he, take he takes on Garbotron, doesn't even think about it yeah does so um, which is what he did with I gotta help Prime he goes I'm gonna go and fight Megatron it's not like oh he's too powerful is that because he's you know young and brash and all that is he a hot head yes that's hot rod that's the point Yeah, um, quite so. but as far as the other characters go like I really liked Cup um, I thought Springer and RC were good Blur was okay like as a he, I don't think I, I don't love Blur but he's not in the movie a lot so I think that's he, he chimes in he's a little bit funny and then that's it yeah. um, Magnus was okay as well my my thing was most of my favorites um, uh, well not most of but well most of them survive for a start Prowl's probably the only <laughs> one that gets it where I'm like oh Prowl um the rest I'm like okay like I'm not a huge fan of Ratchet and Brawn and and Ironhide but it made more sense because it's a big name like Ironhide so Um, and a lot of the characters that I particularly like aren't in the movie so Um, so I was never sort of like oh these old characters aren't any good Uh, sorry the the new characters aren't any good it's all about the old ones so besides Prime but even then I I don't remember sort of sitting there thinking like oh they they got rid of Prime like oh this is this is garbage like i hate this movie i was like what else is gonna happen you know um like it's it's like if prime's gone who's next so when you have those other moments later where it's like well like they get dumped in the shark to kong tank and well galvatron's choking him out you're like well maybe he's not gonna survive because prime didn't so it's you know as a kid it it sucked me in and and the new characters kind of helped do that so um
1: and and it establishes stakes
4: exactly that's right so like when for instance like when the moon bases go i just thought well oh, that's them they goes. i was upset about that because i like jazz so <laughs> i was like oh jazz as well like oh but then of course you see them later on so yeah, yeah.
1: Well, and folks, as we uh, as we get closer to wrapping up, I'm trying to keep an eye on the time. Um, I've seen a lot of good activity in the chat, but if there's anything in particular that you would like to ask us or cover, uh, now would be the time to try to sneak that in, and we'll we'll see if we can relate with that uh, before uh, before we have to get out of here. Um,
5: yeah, I with- do just to back up uh, Greg real quick. I do like the comment that's here at the at the bottom from Vexwing, Hot Rod knew Prime well enough that he probably correctly assumed Pride would have just kept talking and not just shoot Megatron.
0: (laughs) I like that.
4: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good take. Exactly, yeah. Give it to me, I'll show you. You (laughs) know? Plus, did anyone else think, just real quick, did anyone else think that Hot Rod Rod was able to open the Matrix because he's the first person that touches it after Prime? Because as a kid, that's how I I kind of thought it worked. That was confusing. Yeah
3: it was weird yeah but uh, yeah i always thought it's that like because he hands
4: it to magnus but he drops it so yeah. right. the hot rod catches it so he, it goes he from grabs prime it and to then the starts rod.
2: doing a glowy thing and it's yeah. like oh well that's he's
4: the next per, he's literally the first person that touches it after as prime. soon
2: as you oh, see goodness. him glowing you know it's like wow they're really telegraphing this. yeah it's yeah. kind of right there but i know what's gonna <laughs> happen in an hour and a half
5: yeah and then there's an animation error that makes it seem like uh ultra magnus is having trouble fitting it in his chest
4: so it's like plus (laughs) with the music as well it's like he you know you've got the touch yeah because you touched it next (laughs) like so i don't know that's just again my brain as a kid was like no it's because he touched it first it's his
1: it's I, I like, never thought about it being that on the nose, but that, uh, that, that makes, uh, that makes perfect sense. Um, so, uh, Aaron have and a Ryan, guy I named
4: Optimus Prime, who's a prime mover. Like, you know, <laughs> it's uh, like, uh, this is the top tier content. I'm not going to let you have that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so, uh, so Aaron and Ryan, um, in in just a couple minutes, I I would like for you guys to talk about your podcast, which basically started off as a uh, deep dive, an unprecedented deep dive on Transformers the movie. So I know uh, I know you guys have a. Uh, deep attachment to it, but I um I, I guess before we run out of time, I I want to do a, a quick rapid fire round of high point low point, you know, and if you have like any particular um polarizing or unpopular hot takes like uh oh i really would prefer that cyclonus was skywarp or something like that uh, I, I i think now would be uh maybe a good time to do that so let's um so let's, oh, let's the, yeah, exactly so let's uh so let's start with blackie But uh, I, I i know you've been hypercritical of the movie and one thing that that i don't think i've said here but i know in my bones and in my soul and in my heart it is not an objectively good movie I will never say it's a good movie um, it's it, it it just left that lasting impression you know I, I guess now at coming well, up on 42 see, uh, I would prefer it would have been a better movie but when you but, see
2: something at seven years old regardless of whether it's good or bad if it grabs you in the right way it's a good movie to you forever right yeah. uh, I got lucky insofar as my seven-year-old grab you movie was Star Wars Right. And so, you you know, and so basically every person my age, it's, you know, I mean, it's seared into my brain, you know. Uh, So what are you asking for? A hot take on the movie?
1: Well, uh, let's let's do a rose and thorn of them at the front end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. I mean, so um, high point, low point rose and a thorn. Sure.
2: Uh, I think the high point of the film for me was uh, I really like Ultra Magnus, uh, I, and I think Robert Stack did a fantastic job. Uh, I really like uh, uh, Unicron, and Orson Welles just destroyed it. At the time, I, I when I saw the movie, I thought, isn't he dead? Like I, I didn't realize yeah, that he was still yeah. alive. Uh, and then, but I thought that he did a really good job. Like, his voice was like Darth Vader ish, you know, super like dripping with menace kind of thing. Um, I really liked, uh, as far as the characters, I really liked Retgar, you know, I liked Eric Idol as Retgar, you know. Um, and he was one of the few new character designs that I thought was pretty good, you know. Um, Lope and the, of course, the animation and the art were all top shelf for the most part. There were like that the bad ultra Magnus fumbling the matrix yeah. move. And there were a few parts where the animation kind of was lacking, but the art and the, the cell to cell art was fantastic. Uh, low parts or uh, low points were the music. I just could never get into the music. Um, the kind of uh, silly humor, uh, especially as regards the Dinobots, you know, that just to me was so out of character for those, for those characters, you know, um, Uh, And and that's kind of about it, you know, I mean, as far as being an objectively good or bad movie, um, you know, I don't think it's a terrible film, like the way it's it's paced well, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, for what it is, it's well written, you know, uh, and it's well animated. So, I mean, I don't think you could call it an objectively bad movie either. Uh, Like most films, it's got its, its ups and
1: downs. Fair enough. Uh, let's move on to Grigory. How a uh, um, high point, low point, rose in a thorn for Transformers, the movie from the, uh, the co-creator of Transformers reanimated.
4: Uh, high point. I, I, like I said, the whole arise Rodimus prime moment, like just that, when you see him go like, boop, 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 like that whole thing. And then, yeah, like uh, just being able to toss Galvatron around out of nowhere. And then, like yeah. we said, Optimus is still around kind of, you know, um, that was cool. Um, I also really like like to go on uh, what Blackie was saying about the um Unicron and and Orson Welles. I love the back and forth with Unicron and Megatron. You know, yeah, like that- no one summons Megatron, he's like, Well, it pleases me to be the first and all that <laughs> sort of stuff. But like, you exaggerate all that kind of stuff. It's just like, yep. Yeah. Um, I love that. Uh, low point, probably missing out on seeing some more of the like the season two guys, you know. um. Mm-hmm like you don't see the aerial bots you don't see um warpath power glide these guys you know like yeah, um, it seems
2: like Morris. combiners would have been a very important part of that mm. war yeah, you know? and it's
4: weird because they the the reasoning or the excuse or whatever that i've always seen online or wherever is like well it was kind of made between seasons one and two so you don't yeah. get the season two characters but you get the cone heads you get blitzwing and astrotrain and like so, you, you do get the, the season two decepticons but you don't really get the season two well and besides Blaster and, Laster, and um
1: I, yeah, yeah i mean yeah. they're, they're featured pretty prominently
4: yeah and you do see beachcomber at one bit and grapple so you do kind of see them real quick but um yeah not that i thought You're they'd being needed, told um, to
2: wrap it up in capital yeah. letters <laughs> that was, that oh very good.
4: Someone <laughs> shout that. And yeah, hot rod hot rod was trying to help. <laughs> yeah, totally.
1: <laughs> All right, so good we job, will so we will close out with uh with Ryan and Aaron. Um if you wanna crank out a really quick high point, low point, but also tell us about the Autopod Decepticast. And, Aaron, and, why don't you, like ninety seconds for all of that?
3: <laughs> Aaron, why don't you go ahead and tell uh, tell tell him about the podcast that uh, what we did what we did with the movie.
5: Yeah, sure, sure. So uh, we kicked off a little project probably about three years ago, where every episode of our podcast covered one minute of screen time for transformers the movie so if you want to dive in deeply in the movie and follow along three knuckleheads and their dumb opinions we would we would talk about a minute of screen time for 30 minutes to an hour hour and a half sometimes and had a lot of fun along the way uh feel free to do that um and we still are doing it we're just reviewing episodes episode by episode now high point real quick the opening animation sequence, the introduction of Unicron destroying Lithone. I think that's probably the most beautiful part of the movie. Co high uh, point, the introduction of RC. I'll go ahead and virtue signal and say I'm glad that they were able to bring a female into it and that kicked it off and brought more diversity into the franchise. But but I'm ashamed the thorn would be, they treat her like a kid's sister, even though she's clearly capable. Like, figure that out. You don't have to do that. just
2: full on, like, ditches her. He's like, hey, (laughs) take it easy, RC. (laughs)
5: Lots
4: of wrist grabbing. Come this way. The 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 sunbow wrist
3: grab. grab. Yeah. Uh, Ryan? I will say real fast, like what Greg said, I love the fact that Hot Rod, no matter what, no matter how his decisions are good or bad, he always has the best in mind for everybody. He's always doing what he thinks is right and what's good for the group. He always has everybody else's good, like what's good for them in mind. Uh, downside, again, like Blackie said, I hated the way the Dinobots looked like buffoons and they treated them like idiots because they're my favorite. Word. <laughs> <laughs> Very good.
1: All right. Well, gentlemen, this has awesome. been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, real quick, we'll go around the horn. Uh, Blackie, how can we uh, find you on the internet, and how can we connect with you on the social medias?
2: My site is www.cqshep.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at, uh, I think, CQ Shep, uh, and I'm on Instagram at artdevil313.
4: Greg? uh if you want to hear i've got a podcast it's called unfunny nerd tangent so if you go to unfunnynerdtangent.com or you look that up in any of the um podcast apps whether it's spotify or apple uh podcasts anything like that we talk about tvs movies just all kinds of um random pop culture stuff uh and also if you're interested in what might have happened in between season two of the cartoon and the movie you can go to uh transformers reanimated com where myself and yoshi from the transmissions podcast uh have been putting together some some you know fan fiction scripts um with some really good covers from some talented artists as well so uh yeah check that out and thanks again mike for having me on this has been a lot of fun
3: absolutely you're welcome ryan yep uh, Aaron and I are both on uh, along with our friend Caleb uh, on Autopod Decepticast. We're our at apoddcast on all the things autopod We are now like uh, reviewing uh, episode by episode. We have about 86 episodes up of the movie if you want to go join along and listen to a minute
5: uh, of the movie where we talk about it forever. so Aaron? and I think he covered it for me. I'll pass all right. great job.
1: Very good. Well, again, thank you so much. But for Mike Seibert Radio, I am on um, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, at Mike Seibert Radio. The spelling on that is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. And until next time, wear a mask, wash your hands, and make good
0: choices. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio email us at mikesybertradio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out bydoormusic.com. This has been a Mike Radio production.